In the name of Jesus, amen. Please be seated. If you ever go to the beach down by the ocean, so I'm, I know some of you have been there recently, one of the things that you will always encounter as you go out into the water are waves. Waves come, and you know kind of when they're coming, and then other times there are those rogue waves, the waves that you think you kind of know how to judge, and then they just smack you over, and you fall down, and you get drawn back out, and as soon as you get up, you get smacked down again, and then all of a sudden you're starting to think, I don't like this. This is dangerous. I want to go back to my safe spot. Anymore today, that's how I think we should view the troubles of life. We think we know when trouble is coming. We think we hear people say that trouble is coming. And sometimes we can prepare for it. Sometimes we can brace for it. And then other times it comes along and it just flattens us down. Flattens us down to the point where we can't get up. Even those around us have encountered the same thing, and none of us seems to be able to get up. The waves keep pounding us more and more and more, and we're looking for some way, somehow, for it all to stop. Trouble keeps coming, one wave after another. The longer that we live, the more people that we love, the more that we know, and the more that we care about things in this world, the more the waves of trouble will come. We've heard of people being sick. We've heard of people dying. Over there is trouble in Afghanistan once again. Trouble at home. Trouble in our country. There's a fierce battle that we all are facing, and it's called temptation. No matter which way we look, troubles and pain and death are all around us. There's really no escaping it. And I'm not telling you anything new today. This is why we pray in the Lord's Prayer, deliver us from evil. And you know how the Lord will answer that prayer, don't you? We pray in this petition, in summary, that our Father would rescue us from every evil of body and soul, of possessions and reputation, and finally, when our last hour comes, give us a blessed end and graciously take us from this valley of sorrow to Himself in heaven. So says Luther's Catechism. When we pray that prayer, deliver us from evil, when we pray that prayer in the midst of the waves of trouble coming on and on and on, we're actually telling God not just for the evil to go away, but take us from this life. We're actually praying for our death. We're praying to be taken out of this world to escape evil. Because the problem is this, we cannot escape it the longer that we are here. We'd like to think that maybe there's some hidden valley, some utopia where there isn't any kind of evil. Is it found on some beach? What did I just tell you about the waves? 
It's not until the resurrection that this prayer will answer, be answered. It's not until Jesus comes that we will be done with evil in this life. But until then, the waves keep coming. The bad things keep happening, and they'll keep happening as long as we draw breath. Things in this world are not going to be right until the second coming of Jesus. And I know you're all like, hey, I'm all motivated now. Let's go outside and live life because this is such an inspiring message today. But it's true. And it's not just the events that we have seen happen over the last week that have been aimlessly drawn on and out in our media and elsewhere. This is the result of us living in a sin-filled world. We don't have to be stuck in a place like Kabul to understand what evil is all about. It's everywhere. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God by eating, all of creation fell into sin. We know this, Pastor. So why is it that we are constantly looking for some way to hide from the troubles and the pain? Why is it that we are constantly looking for better days? How many of us wish that we could go back to the age of like five, where your biggest worry and concern was your parents telling you to take a nap? I'd love for anybody to tell me to take a nap today. But we can't. As life continues on, the worse the results of sin we will find. All of the troubles in this earth are the result of sin, and it's because we are living in the midst of the devil's playground. But there is actually a worse result of sin. Really, the more that we study the Scriptures, the more that we see that the troubles of, uh, that we find on earth are a symptom that is much worse here in life. Sin does not just the result of trouble here. The worst result is, is that we are in trouble with God because of our sin. Because of our sin, because of the sin of Adam and Eve passed on to us, God should be angry at us. And He should be full of wrath. Evil is around us, yes, but God also knows every last sin that we have done in thought, word, and deed, no matter how much you try to act like it's not in your midst. We're really kind of stuck. We live in a world full of sin and evil and trouble waving over us all the time, and now we hear that God is upset with us because of our sins. We look around us and we see the hospitals with no beds available. We see the graveyards. We see evil on every hand. And every time we wake up to a new day, things seem to get worse. Is this the wrath from heaven? And it's tiring, isn't it? Seems like there's nothing that we can do about it. But the truth is, I deserve all of the trouble 
that I get myself into. Because of my sin, I deserve all of the evil that I taunt and tempt myself with in this life because of sin. And you yourself have found that to be the same situation. As much as you want to accept it or deny it. But in the midst of all of this comes Jesus. There's a thought today in modern Christianity that Jesus is somehow just going to take away all of the troubles and the fears. That somehow if we just have enough faith, God will make you well again. He'll make you right again. Somehow, some way, over the next day or the next week or the next month, God's going to rain down a blessing on you just if you have enough faith and everything will be fine. I once went to a big box church in Fort Wayne. Box church is what we nerdy pastors call sort of non-denominational churches. And I was doing a research project, and during this time of my research project, I had talked to some of the pastors there about some things. And I was asking about how they handle evil and trouble and so forth. And we had a nice little discussion. In the midst of all of this, these pastors invited me to come to their Christmas celebration, which was happening the Sunday before Christmas. And they gave me tickets, which were kind of an interesting concept to me. And so I went. And they put on this big production about the life of Jesus from his birth all the way throughout. And in one of the situations that they were showing with Jesus himself being in the midst of was where Jesus is teaching and some of his followers open up the roof and they lowered down a paralytic on a mat. And it was very kind of neat. The stage lowered this man down. And Jesus said what he said, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. But to know that the Son of Man has the power to forgive sins, I tell you, rise up, take up your mat, and walk. And the man got up, he took his mat, and out came the singing and dancing chorus. There's a healer in the house! There's a healer in the house! And Jesus jumped down off the stage and went running all around the sanctuary, touching people. Everybody was up clapping and dancing. There's a healer in the house. There's a healer in the house. And Jesus went down one aisle over the other aisle and so forth. And he came running around another aisle. And there was an elderly man in a wheelchair. And Jesus, the man playing Jesus, stopped. He didn't know what to do. And everybody kept screaming and shouting, there's a healer in the house, there's a healer in the house. It was really kind of one of these awkward moments. What do we do? Why is this the case? This is not the way that we should necessarily look at Jesus. That he's just come to fix your health, wealth, and prosperity. Jesus has truly come today to take on our biggest trouble of sin. 
And you'll notice today with Jesus, once again, we hear of a healing. This deaf, mute man is healed, and Jesus kind of heals him in kind of what we maybe say is a kind of a disgusting sort of way. There's spit and dirt and putting fingers and ears. But in the midst of all of this, he speaks. Be opened. Epitha. Have you ever noticed that Jesus in the gospel readings always shows up when there is some sort of trouble? Waves of trouble. You don't hear about Jesus coming along and everybody saying, hey, everything is great, Jesus. We're doing fantastic. Even when he goes to a wedding, they run out of wine. Every situation that he encounters in life there is some sort of big, fat mess and trouble. And that is exactly where he wants to be. With people who are hurting, with people who are in trouble, with people who are getting slammed down over and over and over again by the waves of evil in this life. He comes along to take on the trouble between us and God. He comes along and He speaks on our behalf. He comes along to bring healing, not necessarily the physical healing that maybe we have longed for, but the healing that passes all of our understanding by the forgiveness of sins, sins that cause us death, Sins that cause the wrath of God to be against us. He takes it all on to Himself and guards and shields you from the truest forms of evil. Being condemned. Being cast out of the kingdom of God. This is the most wonderful news that we could receive I may not have weight loss and a better back. You may not have better vision or anything else like that for you. Tomorrow we may not wake up and see that everything is just peachy king in Afghanistan. But the wonderful news that we have in our midst today is, is that God is not mad with you. He is not angry with you. He loves you. He died for you. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, you turned your anger away that you might comfort me. That's what Jesus does as the waves of trouble come along. Every time you hear absolution, the declaration that all of your sins are forgiven, you are hearing the peace treaty between you and and God, written by the blood of Jesus on your behalf. And God be praised for that. Because especially in this day and age, God is promising you that there is no evil from heaven for you. Everything is right. The choppy sea is now a sea of glass. It is calm. It is put into order. 
And you might say, well, pastor, what about all of the nonsense and the wickedness and the trouble that surrounds us every day? Doesn't Jesus have something to do with that? For that answer, we go back to what Jesus said today. This man couldn't hear or speak. His body is broken. And yet Jesus shows up to make things right, and he speaks the words that are spoken to you. Be opened. Be open to the things of God in your midst. Be open to the Holy Spirit guiding and directing you in the ways of the truth and the knowledge that are in your midst through the Scriptures and in the breaking of the bread. Be opened as you come to this place where God takes all of your evil and nails it to His Son on the cross. Be open to the fact that God feeds you this day to strengthen your faith, to carry out no matter how big and tiring the waves of evil are around us. Be open to the fact that Jesus promises to come again and to raise the dead, including you and me and all of our loved ones, and to reunite us all together in that wonderful place He has prepared for you since the foundation of the world. Be open and let Jesus guide and direct you into everything that is right. There is a day, not many days from now, I hope, when Jesus will return and He will call the dead from the grave to give them the resurrection of the body. And if we're alive, we'll see that and be transformed and made whole as well. No deafness, no muteness, no wheelchairs, no thinning hair, no need for eyeglasses, no cancer, no diabetes, no masks, no pandemics. Just Jesus taking away all of the sorrows, no more trouble, no more evil. And in the midst of all of this, that promise is guaranteed to you. This is our comfort. This is our hope. May our Lord preserve us in this true faith until that day comes. And until that day comes, be open to the grace of God in your midst. And let our prayer be ever on our lips. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen.